0: This is More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self worth is made up of more than your job title. Each week, I'll talk to a guest about how they discovered that for themselves. You'll hear about what they did, what they're doing, and who they are. I'm your host, Rabia. I work in IT, perform stand up comedy, write, volunteer, and, of course, podcast. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Everyone, So I haven't done this in a while, but I am going to just chat a little bit with you before we get into the episode. Still trying to figure out the balance of what I'm doing with the podcast as far as having it every other week now rather than every week. And making sure I can keep it going and bringing you great guests, but also having some kind of balance of my own so I'm not a total hypocrite with more than work. Uh, This episode, oh my gosh, it's so fun. I've been trying to get this guy on my show for a while, just because he is a comic. Yes, it's a comic. There's going to be a few of them this season, but I think what's awesome about comics is that a lot of them are doing other stuff, or they have been doing other stuff, and then they went into it. And I guess eventually, I want that to be my story. You know that that I'm I'm pursuing it more and more. But anyway, this guest, Rich Wilson, is so funny. He's a master. I think every time I've seen him perform. I've been both kind of observing like almost like it's a master class, but also just having a great time and laughing a lot. And I'm just I'm so glad I got to talk to him. He has a great podcast that I listen to called Insane in the Membrane, and then he does the Fembrain and um, I think the Membrane, but it, he's just cool. And it's like comedy is funny because I've gotten to meet so many different people. Some of them have been awesome. Some of them have been amazing, amazing people, and some of them have been not the best people really and i think that's the same in business or just at a bar at a pub (laughs) so i he's one of the good ones and we got into quite a few subjects we talked about louis ck which i haven't talked to many people about but he was someone i really really admired for his comedy and it's it's been hard and so it was interesting to hear a man's point of view and and a man not sitting there defending him because i've heard a lot of those um he didn't say anything terrible about him either but it was just an honest viewpoint about about someone who another person respects kind of respected or respects kind of in the same way as me and then we just talked about a lot of other subjects and about his work and his path and and everything he's done he was super generous and so um i'm just really excited i'm really excited to bring you this episode and then otherwise just it's been a busy 2023 so far how's how are you guys doing I'm asking that question like Marin asks on his podcast, you know, how are you doing guys? And then I'm going to tell you how I'm doing, but I'm doing pretty good. It's just been busy. I'm going to Leicester, and I'm saying that correctly, but if you look at the transcript, it's spelled differently than it sounds guys. um, If you're from anywhere, but the UK, they seem to think it's okay to say things differently than they're spelled here, but I'm going to Leicester on Friday to do my solo show and uh, with my friend Schwann and I'm... Really excited to get together with her to do that and just kind of give give that 30-minute thing another, another shot, and then I need to keep writing on it. And um, just some stuff I experienced in the past year, some stuff you'll hear about on this episode, have really renewed my, I guess, I don't know if it's desire or renewed my conviction that certain subjects need to be talked about. And for me, the, the stage is going to be where I'm going to talk about them. I had an interview today, just recently. One reason I'm doing this is because I was dressed and ready, and hair and makeup done, and everything. And this will be on on video on YouTube as well. But I had an interview today for a trustee position that I would do. It's non-paid and just um, another way of serving in nonprofits. And I had to talk a lot about my story, and it was really. Great to be able to do that in a different way and in a different medium. So we'll see what happens with that. But I just took a chance and decided to apply for it. And I'm I'm excited to see what happens. Um, I'm I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. If this is your first episode, thanks for making it this far. Not just skipping straight to Rich. But if it's... And if you've been around for a while, I've got over 100 episodes. Um, Other comics I've had on... um, that you might want to check out are Stefania Lacari. She was on recently Philip Simon. And then there were some in the first season, Vix Layton, and um, Re- my friend Rebecca. She's on the last season, I think, or maybe the season before that. But anyway, there's quite a few comics I've had on. So you can check those episodes out if you want to hear from more comics. Otherwise, I think I'll let you get to listening to Rich and what he talks about and what we talk about and laugh about and, Uh, There's more cursing on this one than than any of my other episodes, and I'm kind of proud of that, to be honest, so enjoy, enjoy this one. Hey everyone, welcome back to More Than Work this week. I'm really excited about this guest, it's Rich Wilson, and he's a comedian who I've met on the circuit and gone to see a couple times, and um, thanks for being on, Rich.
1: My pleasure, it's nice to see you again, you well?
0: Yeah, yeah, doing well, thank you. How about you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Very well, thank you.
0: Good. Getting back
1: into the swing of it after Christmas and New Year.
0: Yeah, everyone kind of takes a little bit of a break if they can, right? And then oh, ramps yeah. up. Yeah. And where am I talking to you from today?
1: I'm in Brighton. I'm in my flat in Brighton. And uh, my wife is just over there on the sofa being quiet on her phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice.
1: And she's Tidy. another
0: comedian, right? So She is,
1: yeah. Kate McGann.
0: Yeah, so it must be a fun, a fun house to be in then. At least somewhere. Yeah. Later.
1: Yeah. It is, actually. Like, we've just uh, got Kate an early Valentine's present, uh, roller skates. Oh, wow. And, uh, so she's been roller skating around the flat. <laughs> that's good, Just, point. like,
0: you could do that child thing where you, like, lock up, make sure all the edges aren't sharp and everything, make it safe, you know? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I'm going to have to go to mother care to get, like, the blocks for the, yeah, side of the tables and things so she doesn't hurt herself.
0: Yeah, that's what I would need to do, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so... All right, cool. Well, um, good. Well, I'm glad to have you on. So, I mean, you're, you're a professional comedian. You've been a comedian for how long, full-time?
1: This is my 19th year. So, 16 professionally, 19 since I've been doing it. So.
0: Oh, great. So, three years in, you were, you were able to just go to full-time?
1: Yeah, I was really lucky. There was, I was already MC in another club that my ex-partner was running, and it was a well-renowned club. It was up the creek. Uh, which is a which is oh, a, yeah. a, a you know, a big club, but this they had, they had another one in Croydon because I was I was emceeing that other clubs just went oh, well, if you're doing that you can come and do this so I kind of jumped the queue with I didn't do any I didn't do very many open mic nights I kind of went straight in emceeing so yeah 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 because open mic nights Jesus
0: yeah that's what I'm
1: doing brutal it's brutal and especially we've got bringers as well you got to bring twenty friends you're like I'm not a promoter I'm I'm the comedian, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy.
0: Yeah. And you're kind of like, I'm a comedian. I don't have friends, you know? Exactly. (laughs) I'm too
1: busy doing this. I could probably bring another five comedians, but they're all going to want to get on as well. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's a tricky kind of do where you go, Oh, maybe they'll have a dropout last minute and I'm the bringer, but maybe I can get up, you know, and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. that happens.
1: (laughs) Oh, we all, we all dream (laughs) of that. Um, someone's dropped out. Can you go on? And then you're the hero of the night. You absolutely smash yeah. it. Everyone's like, where the hell did you come from? You know, that's the dream. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So what were you doing before you before you stepped on stage and did comedy for the first time?
1: Uh, everything. I've done everything. Because I've just kind of bing-bonged around my life. I wanted to be a chef when I was growing up. And then they said, well, it's unsociable hours. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And now <laughs> look at me. <laughs> uh. But I really... Uh, yes, I wanted to be a chef, and I wanted to be a mechanic, and then I just ended up. I just ended up whatever job came along. I left school early. I didn't even get any qualifications. I just left. I just stopped going. And they were my school was, it was one of those schools where they went. They didn't even care. It was like, they didn't phone up to see where I, where I'd gone. They were like, oh, thank God <laughs> he's gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just gone so then what what brought you to the stage for the first time and when you when you did it did you think that's what i'm gonna do or were you going on stage just to check it out how how was that for you
1: everything i've ever done job wise is just i'll be at some job and then they'll say oh if you go and do this other job you'll earn more money so i've gone yeah all right and i'll go and do that then so i've kind of like i say just ricocheted through my life and then I was a barman at up the creek in South London and then I got friendly with some comedians and they were going, they were telling me how much they were earning and then a few of them were going, you could probably do this, Rich. You're, you're really funny, you should do it. And then someone else gave me my first gig. So really, I got into it because it was earning more money than
0: being a barman. That wow. was it. <laughs> That's that <laughs> got rich. <laughs> That's great though. I mean...
1: Yeah, I want it to be this kind of, you know, oh, it was always my dream. I just always knew I was going to be, you know, following in the footsteps of Richard Pryor and all that. But it was literally just someone said, you can earn you can earn probably six 700 quid a week. And I said, okay, I'll go and do that. Then. <laughs> that if there's
0: it. a comedian <laughs> right now listening, they, they hate hearing that. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, but yeah, 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 that's yeah. great. <laughs>
1: But I, I, it's not It's not like I didn't like comedy. I loved comedy. That's why I got the job at the club. i got a friend of mine, Tom, who he and I are very similar age. He was almost like a like an older brother to me. So when we were growing up, he was always giving me videos and he was always telling me about this, that and the other that he'd heard. My next-door neighbours as well, uh, Alan, he was a bit older than me as well and he was always giving me music and, and tapes and stuff. So I was aware of comedy and listening to... Um, Eddie Murphy, delirious when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Just my God! I mean, you couldn't, you can't listen to that now. It's, it's the opening line. I think would get you cancelled, let alone the rest of it. So you know, yeah. it, it was of its, its. of its time. You know, it was mid eighties, early into mid eighties. Different time back then, you know, and, and it. And from that, I learnt about Richard Pryor. I learnt about who else is it? Lenny Bruce, and then I learnt about mm-hmm. George Carlin. So I was it. I was quite well-versed in comedy. I think obviously on a subconscious level, I just thought I must have been going in that direction. I just didn't know it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I think maybe.
0: Yeah. And the guys you name, I mean, it's interesting because I, so with Richard Pryor, for example, I've, I've watched him and studied him a bit. Now my comedy has nothing to do with him, but we share, I say it on this podcast. Sometimes you probably don't know, but I have multiple sclerosis. And so he's like a celebrity that had that. And yeah. so for some reason I feel this connection around that and then I watch his comedy and he's brilliant, but you could not even he I mean, maybe I don't know, Chappelle's probably the person who's towing that line right now or or you know, standing on that yeah. line and I agree with some things and don't agree with other things, but it's not about that. Yeah. But um it is interesting, like the guys you heard about and maybe were early on influenced by are definitely not maybe the same as now. I don't know. Like who yeah. do you who over time has your career kind of Maybe you've been influenced by, um, if you
1: think about it. A massive influence on me, a real turning point for me, was Louis C.K. When I first mm-hmm. saw him, and I was like, wow, I wanted to have... It, just his worldview was, I used to listen to his stuff all the time, just have it on, trying to see what he saw in the world. And I was genuinely devastated when all that stuff came out about him. When I heard about... I, I, remember, I even remember where, where I was when I heard... And I was just stood in the street, just going, "Fuck, man," he, you know, he yeah. epitomised everything. He was everything that I wanted to be, you know. He he's he was brave with what he was saying. And now it's funny when you listen back, a lot of it. You go, "There's a lot of dick jokes in this." There's a lot of masturbating. <laughs> yeah. He go, "Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, it was kind of there, wasn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well with him. It's it's a. That, no, I loved him. I, I saw him – I lived in New York City for a while, and he was doing a lot of shows at the Beacon Theater or places like that, smaller theaters, and he would famously charge only like 20 bucks for a ticket or something, right? And yeah, Go around yeah. all the ticket vendors and everything. And so I would see him a lot just in those kind of things and right before you film specials. saw him in Chicago, L.A. Loved him. And, yeah, it yeah. was devastating to hear. And the, But then it was like upon reflection, oh, wow. Yeah, he was talking about that a lot, and it was funny. Yeah. If it wasn't happening right in front of you, probably.
1: You yeah, know? exactly. Like, I mean, I can't imagine what it must have been like in that being in that position, being in that room with him, and that's happening. But then I don't know. It's it's just one of those things. You go, it's 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 upsetting and it's sad. And you go, you di- you know, all of that stuff did make you question your own behaviour. You can't like, as a man, you're kind of going, mm-hmm. shit. Am I doing? Am I doing stuff that's I don't mm-hmm. even know I'm doing it. Like you know, because you you brought up, to, to, you know the way that, like if, if a if a woman gets sexually assaulted, it's all it was always well she shouldn't have been out that time and hour, she shouldn't have been mm-hmm. wearing that, she shouldn't have been in that room with him on his own, mm-hmm. and it was always on the it was always on the woman, and it, and it's mm-hmm. only the, the good thing that's come out of all of this uh, is that we're now like men are we are double checking ourselves and going hang on a minute and we mm-hmm. go was there anything was this that, you know. And that, you know, so that's a good thing that's come out of it but he was a big influence and it's, it was a shame but then I think a lot of my comedies someone said to me a lot of the, my, the way I do it, it seems very it's like an American style to it mm-hmm. so I think I'm very influenced by you know Richard Pryor Eddie Murphy Bill Burr um, mm-hmm. you know uh, what was the other guy's name that died what's his name Patrice O'Neill uh, Gilbert Gottfried went as well. Jesus. Yeah. Right. A, yeah. A big hero of mine. And again, genuinely upset when he, when he passed away as it was so such a shock that cause no one knew he was ill. Norm McDonald. I've read his book. I've listened to the book as well, him doing it. And, and I've watched that special, the first special that he had out. I've watched it so many times cause I just think Norm McDonald was the one Looking back, I think Norm kind of, he was just a bigger influence than Louis Seeker, I reckon. He was just funny all the time. He he didn't just switch it on. He was just out on every talk show and everything he ever did. He'd be telling a story and it would go on for like 20 minutes (laughs) and the punchline would be shit. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't care. He just did it. And you go, wow, he was just, I just loved him. I think Norm MacDonald has been a big influence on me. Yeah. Because my punchline's are shit, my wife just said. No,
0: no. Dare- <laughs> hey, she's not on the podcast right now. Come on.
1: <laughs> ah, see, this is what I'm living with. It's not fair to live with someone who's funny.
0: I saw her at Edinburgh on a, on a mixed bill, and she was really funny. It was down in that in the new part of Edinburgh. But anyway, she's funny. If she wants to talk to me later, that's fine. But...
1: <laughs> yeah, she is funny. You have to get <laughs> her, on. Get her on, on her own. her
0: own. get her on her own episode.
1: <laughs> she's got, she's giggling in the fridge
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're all pleased with yourself now aren't you oh man <laughs> she, she's gonna get tagged in the post too now that's what she's done yeah good but good. um good,
1: good. funny
0: <laughs> when you look at your influences though and and stuff then and just how you've written material i mean i think it must have evolved over time because when you first did your first set like do you remember the first joke you you wrote or told
1: yeah. oh god yeah because I've I've said this on many podcasts I've said it on my own one fundamentally I'm quite shy so for me to be mm-hmm. doing stand up comedy blows my mind and so the first time I did it I was so scared the two months leading up to that when I was told I'm doing the gig to the time it started I was in bits I was I just didn't know what to do and I was I've been out with some friends and they and my friend told me about this sexual position called the frog <laughs> punch and I I, he told me, about it. and I, I remember him telling me. And I went, "Yeah, that's going to be my opening <laughs> joke." And it's just, it's so shit. It's not even. It's so horrible. It's just that he was saying, like, you know, the, and because I, I said, "What's the what's a frog punch?" And he said, "Well, yeah. when you're with your partner and you're having sex from behind, and then as she's about to come, or you're, what well, someone's about to come, you punch him in the kidneys at the opportune moment." And I'm listening to this, and then I went, "All right, what?" When's an opportune moment to punch anyone in the kidneys? What are you talking about? <laughs> and that was the that was the joke. And then That's I forgot actually... <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah. It got a good laugh. It got a laugh. So I did two and a half minutes of a five minute set and then I had to, I got off. And then Silke gig it is he went no, he goes, You're gonna come back next month. You've got to be the resident open spot. So we did that.
0: Wow. That's cool. That's funny. I I'm gonna say I guess Urban Dictionary is the place to go for that one, but I was I know the donkey punch. I don't know it. Like I'm not going to say I know it, as though it's like a thing. But I've heard of it. But never the frog. That's yeah. I don't even know it,
1: why it was called the frog punch. It, all of those things are horrible, aren't they? Any all of those, yeah, like you yeah. said, the donkey. All of it is is awful. You know, I'm no prude. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, I mean, punching you, punching each other around. <laughs> it's it's not it's... really what I'm. It's not really what I'm into. <laughs>
0: Me neither. So at least that's one thing people can learn about us here. Uh, there that, you go. You that not, it, into, not
1: into punching. Not into punching. Sorry if you're into that. I'm not here to shame. I'm not here to kink shame.
0: No. <laughs> so when you look at your, you kind of having bounced around, though, and not sticking with any career other than maybe just, oh, this is an opportunity to make more or whatever, what kept you in comedy? At some point, you must have decided that you like it or love mm-hmm. it or want to keep doing it.
1: Well, I think you know after your first gig, you know whether you want to do it again. There's a a, a switch that gets flipped and you're like, yes, I want to do that again. I don't know what it is. I just kind of went, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm having this. I want to do this again. And then, I mean, there's been moments, to be honest, just lately, I think because I'm getting older, I'm kind of questioning that because I'll be 51 in in a couple of weeks' time. So you start to go, can I really do this for another 10 years, you know, Mm travelling around, and then you go, well, I haven't got much choice. I've got, I have no choice. I don't have a pension. I've got nothing. I don't have any savings. I have to do this until I die. <laughs> this is <just> it. So, <coughs> so there is that. There is a – it was interesting, actually. Talking in the, in, one, in the first lockdown, I was talking to um, another comic, and he was saying, he's going, oh, yeah, but we need the attention. We need that love from the crowd. And, and it made, made me realise, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need the mm-hmm. attention like that. What I do like, I like being in front of people and making a room full of people laugh their nuts off. Just everyone mm-hmm. just spitting their drinks out and slapping each other on the thigh and just, oh, my God, this is the best night ever. That is what I like.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that's, that's yeah. what keeps me doing it, I think. I love that. I have a real need. I like making people laugh. I make people laugh anyway during the day. So mm-hmm. I just love doing it. I love making people laugh. Yeah. And I think that's it.
0: Yeah, and just in your interactions and stuff, right? Like, I mm. I was home recently, and I was with my mom, and I hadn't been around for about a year, and we were in department stores and stuff at the mall, and I would keep, I just, I didn't mean to, and I kept talking to people and like laughing and stuff, and she'd go look at something and come back <laughs> and be like, "Of course, you're talking to people," and she was getting kind of annoyed and or maybe embarrassed. I'm not sure, but it was just kind of, I couldn't help it. It's just kind of what I do, you know? Yeah
1: kate and i end up in conversations all the time with total strangers mm-hmm. and it's just if you're if you're if because of what we do is very social you know very sociable so it's just an extension of that isn't it when you're out in a store or wherever and you're chatting and it is like a gig you you just it's like your mc in this it's like your mc in the shop it's <laughs> just like oh that's a nice jacket that looks really nice yeah really cool where, where are you from you know you just you MC <laughs> in the store. I mean, TK Maxx is yeah. smashing the place. Yeah. Just-
0: <laughs> That's what, yeah, I work at, um, or I do volunteer work at Crisis uh, Charity Shop here in Camden. They just opened one. And nice. I'll talk to the, the people and I'm like, I wish I could do as well on stage as an MC as I do at the shop. I swear. <laughs> Be like-
1: you need to start videoing it.
0: Yeah, just put that on, like customer interaction.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll be your content. That's your yeah. content right there.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for listening so far. And I'm just going to interrupt the podcast for about a minute and a half or so to tell you about a podcast that I really love. It's called Art Heals All Wounds, and it's by Pam Zell. She works in documentary films. And basically, she's super easy to listen to and has great guests. Kind of like me, right? I know that's what you're thinking. One of my favorite episodes was when she had the directors and creators of Crip Camp, this Oscar-nominated film, documentary film, on her podcast. I learned so much from them and was really entertained, but basically all her guests have a story to tell. They are healed through art, and art is how they express themselves. The art could be What you think of as art, meaning something like painting, or it could be writing or filmmaking or anything else. So Pam's going to tell you a little bit more about our podcast, and then we'll resume with this episode. Thank you.
2: Do you want to change the world? So do I. On this podcast, we meet artists whose work is doing just that. Welcome to Art Heals All Wounds. I'm your host, Pam Uzel. Each week, I interview an artist and talk about their work. As creative thinkers, artists present us with some of the most compelling visions of ways that our world could work better for everyone. Art around environmental, social, and racial justice, gender equity, ways to build community and bridge divisions, and solace for grieving. If we can see solutions to the things that prevent us from thriving as individuals and societies, we can imagine implementing those solutions. Once we imagine that, we can become the people we want to be, belonging to communities that nurture everyone, and living in societies based on equity and justice. How do we change the world? One artist at a time.
0: I, well, I saw you at Edinburgh and you did a solo, you were doing um, a solo like hour and oh, yeah. it was just about, yeah, and, and you're kind of, you talk quite a bit about your own life but in other subjects and so when you think about the guy who was writing the joke that you wrote like at the start and the guy who's writing jokes now and stuff, what's changed about the process for you and, and comedy for you?
1: People now ask my advice on how to how to write comedy. That blows my mind. It's like suddenly I'm now mm-hmm. I've been doing it long enough that people starting out will message me and say, "Look, I'm struggling with this bit. have you got any advice for this, that, and the other?" And that the the guy from nearly twenty years ago with the frog punch would have just—he <laughs> had no idea. He didn't know how to write a joke. He just he just retold a story that his friend told him. And you know, I think. I think you just do if you've been doing something long enough, you do study it you even if you, you don't have to sit down with massive books and things like that but you're mm-hmm. watching you're watching specials, you're watching documentaries you know you're you know reading books There's the artist' way that I remember that changed things a bit for me you know you are you're studying it and I think because you're studying it you're studying it on your own terms as well you actually want to do it it's not like school when
2: mm-hmm.
1: they say oh you have to learn about this and you have to learn about that. This is something that you want to do. So it so it goes in really easy. If you're passionate about something, it's really easy to pick it up. Like musicians will learn how to write music and it will just come to them mm-hmm. and, because they're loving it, you know, they're into it. And I think I didn't know that this would happen, that I'd actually be good at this. I didn't know I'd actually become someone that could actually sit and talk about it in, in a way that that's not intellectual, but, you know, like I can actually talk about the mechanics of comedy just because I've been doing it for so and I've studied it so that that I find that amazing I'm like like the, you know these top chefs I'm like that it's like well, I'm just I actually know what I'm doing yeah <laughs> yeah which is crazy to me it's crazy I don't I don't I say that now I don't know maybe I'm wrong
0: it is interesting to i guess find the thing and maybe uh, unintentionally you could have said no to the gig you could have easily said yeah. no I'm just going to the barman right and, and you're the it.
1: favorite Absol- guy and yeah yeah absolutely thought about it but for some reason i was because my friend had said you have to do it i felt like there was just i just didn't want to let him down weirdly mm-hmm. and i kind of and i think i was starting to get to an age where because i was 32 so i was starting to get to an age where i was more like the power of yes do you know what i mean you kind of go yeah. i need to say yes to more things I'm going to just say yeah, and I'm going to see where it where it takes me. That was a kind of that beginning of that. It's like one of the first things I went yeah, I'm going to go and do it, and that's and that's stay with me. Now I am very much a, I do say yes to a lot of things. Hasn't always worked out. I've ended up in some right dodgy situations, but uh, (laughs) here I am. Yeah,
0: and one thing too is um, in addition to the comedy, then you have a podcast, insane in the membrane, then you have other offshoots of that. So how did the podcast come about?
1: I was a guest on another podcast called Hardcore Listings with Stu Whiffin and Chris Glasson. And we had such a good time. And then when I came away, I got a message the next day from one of their, I think it was their producer. And he said, I think you should do your own podcast. You've got a really good voice for it. Um, let me come around and have a chat. And so that was four, four years ago, five maybe. He came around, he had all his stuff, and then he said, look, there's gonna be a big wave soon. Everybody's gonna be doing podcasts. I think you should do it. Mm -hmm. I think you should do a podcast. And I went, yeah, but I don't know what about. What should we do? He said, well, let's just have a chat. So we set all the stuff up and we started talking. And then he started telling me something that he's never told anyone before. And it was a really, it was really personal and really, and we ended up, it was almost like a therapy session. And at the end of it, I was like, mate, this is what the podcast is. It's going to be about men talking to each other about stuff. It's going to be that. And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then he had his own stuff to deal with, so I didn't hear from him again. He went off. I've spoken to him since. He just had some personal stuff he was dealing with. So I now had that ed- I had that idea in my head. I was like, Oh yeah, I'll do a podcast. And then I spoke to my now ex, and she was working at Comedy Central doing the um, the continuity, and her producer was Paul, a guy called Paul. And she said she just happened to be talking to him one day, and he said, Yeah, I want to start getting into podcasts. And she said, oh yeah, my partner Rich, he wants to do one. And so we ended up having a chat. I told him the idea and he said, this is brilliant. Right, we need to get a title. We need to come up with this, come up with that. And I remember just sitting on the bed that day. And honestly, it just popped into my head, insane in a membrane. And it came from me mishearing the lyrics of the Cypress Hill song. And I went, (laughs) oh yes, come on. And I just laid on the bed. And that was me done for the day. I was like, "That's it. I'm a genius." So, <laughs> <laughs> so it just came from that, really. Talking to people about mental health and about things that they've gone through, things that, and how they how they cope with it. Because it's a lot. I'm learning as well. That's the point of the podcast. It's not. It's all about the guest, and there as and the listeners as well as me. We're all learning about things. Like you mentioned earlier, that you had uh, multiple. Sclerosis, and I didn't know that, and mm-hmm. I don't know much about it. I know people that, that have had it, but I've never met someone that's kind of dealing with it. From the podcast, I've learned so many different things. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would because de- that is because that's something that gets worse, isn't it? As you yeah. go along, yeah. And then, then it- you have to make you have to make choices, you have to make decisions about what you're going to when things start to really, yeah. Get, you know, really, I don't know what happens. It's like they just shut down or they seize up. I don't know what happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's all di- I will. It's all different things, and um, something I probably yeah. didn't even talk about it here, but I, I will now just because we're talking. Is, yeah, you know, it can, it's just degenerative over time, and so it'll mm. affect everyone differently. So last year when I got COVID, I lost vision in my eye because it caused an exacerbation of the MS, and that That's caused like me to lose vision in my right eye completely, and then it came back seventy uh, percent. Now it's not going to come back anymore. So that was telling me, hey, you're not uh. recovering as much anymore, and you've got to figure this out. And so. I do think about it a lot. And one reason I do a lot of things is because I don't know when I won't be able to. And I think yeah, I, I, I cope with it in that way. And other people cope with it in different ways. And like charity works a big part of my life because mm. I want to improve things as much for other people. I'm really lucky. But I think yeah. everyone who has MS deals with it differently. But same with depression and mental health. Like someone can say I've, I'm depressed, but it could mean so many different things, which you probably found out yeah. on the podcast. and.
1: Oh, definitely. yeah. So it's, it's yeah. Yeah. So do you know what when you see the doctor do they Do they know where you're what's happening? They kind of go, right? Well, this is starting to happen. So that means you're gonna have to start doing something yeah. else. You're gonna have to start w- w- walking with a stick or wherever. I don't know. Is it?
0: Yeah, I like, think I over the time, it, they'll just figure out. They'll just figure out what they'll do, like MRIs. So then they can see you get these lesions in your brain and spine. And then they'll kind of be able to see what's happening, like if they're active, quote unquote, um, or not, like if things have changed. And so they check every year. And then, yeah, if you just stop being able to walk or something like that, but things can kind of happen very quickly. And then you have to see if you recover or not and Mm -hmm. go from there. And so, yeah, like the walking is a big one or falling, like I'm very good at falling, but. It could be a oh, talent yeah. or it could just be something I've had to learn, you know? Yeah, but,
1: yeah. like Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. It's not flying, it's falling with style,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Rich, I mean, it's just all different. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just it can affect everybody so differently and that's the the weird part of it. And then for me, I just kind of go, well, you know, I've, I've been allowed all this so far, you know, and mm. and I'm not always positive about it, that's for sure.
1: Um, no it must be hard hard. that's what I mean once you get when you get the diagnosis it must be you must go through it's like the five stages of grief isn't it you kind of there's Mm -hmm. the anger and then there's acceptance and there's you know it must be yeah because it's not fair it isn't fair is it that I know it's all part of being a human being all these illnesses and diseases you know at any point one of us we could all get struck down with whatever but when it's when it's something like that and it's It's not fair, is it? Yeah. When there's total wankers running around. (laughs) I'm not saying (laughs) that they should be ill, but at the same time, you're like, oh, mate, you're just being a bag to everybody. (laughs) And yet I'm trying to do my best and I'm trying to improve and trying to be a better person and be decent to everyone. And now I've got this. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe horrible people are immune to that shit because they're so horrible. (laughs) Like it, evil just repels. They just repel evil things. I don't know. (laughs)
0: I mean, I you know, and the same thing with, like, losing loved ones and and things like that, that that a lot of things result in grief. And I think then, yeah, there there are those things. I mean, I'm not going to ever pretend I don't ask, well, why did so-and-so die but not that person? But then it's so awful, like, as a person to have that thought. Then it's like, all right, maybe I don't need to think that way. But more, what can I do to honor the person who died other than wish other people (laughs) (laughs) ill, you know? (laughs) Like, is there something more productive to do? But, yeah, it's tricky. And grief is... Grief is funny, too, because I'm sure you've heard that on your podcast where it doesn't you don't just go through the five stages linear and then you're done with it. But it's just kind of you bounce between them all the time and, and figure out. where Yeah. You're at, and, and, yeah. You know, that's yeah. I don't know.
1: That has come up on the podcast a bit, actually, grief. And it's in I learned so much. There's a guy called Mark Lemon, whose uh, father was murdered when he was I think he was 12, 12 or 13. He came in from school, and they said, and they sat him down, and said, "This has happened," and you know, and and I think that's that must be hard when someone passes away that you weren't expecting it. Illness, you know, they're, they're getting ill, and it's kind of like my grand died recently, and mm-hmm. but she was ill for a long time, and she didn't have any, she didn't have a night. Her life was there's no decent quality of life. She was in bed,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: she was going kind of a bit, she was going kind of a bit senile, and she couldn't look after herself. And so really when she passed away, you kind of go, I'm, I, I'm sad that she's gone, but at the same time, I'm glad she's not suffering anymore. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's nice. But when someone just one minute like you, in the morning, you're like, I'll see you later on. And then you never see that person mm-hmm. again. That, mm-hmm. that must send you spinning that uh, your brain, mm-hmm. you your brain will be forever. Like, Oh, where are they? You won't, you can't comprehend that they're not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. this is this is the thing we're doing this podcast as well i all these thoughts that I'm like these are the things that keep me up at night like i'll just go into bed and then i'll have this mad thought about you know whatever and yeah yeah uh, yeah i don't know it's, it's good and bad it's good and bad
0: yeah yeah and well i think it's yeah and it's part of our human experience like of uh, we're one of the species that can think like we know we have can have these complex thoughts right and we yeah. we know like others probably maybe don't did you have and you don't have to talk about it but like did you have any experience with dealing with mental health before the podcast or did you just kind of with that conversation that you had with the original person who talked to you just find that it was important to have that conversation and just go from there yeah. and now it's become something you know i
1: yeah i'd had counseling i'd had counseling a couple of times I just realized I, I kept messing up relationships. I kept, mm. I wasn't, I wasn't really, I wasn't trustworthy. I wasn't happy. I knew that I wasn't with the right person and it wasn't fair on them. It wasn't their fault. It was my fault. I, mm. I tended to try to kind of like get into relationships and go head first into it. And then suddenly I'm like, Oh shit, no, this isn't, this isn't right. Oh, I've done it again. And then I'd end up, I didn't want to upset that person. So I ended up doing shitty things. Like I could meet someone else, but then I hadn't broken up with that person. And then I'd end up seeing yeah. two people not wanting to upset anybody. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I'll look at this. I've got two people. It was like, ah, oh, this is, I don't, I don't want to upset anyone. And of course, you end up uh, upsetting everybody. And mm-hmm. it was, it was really, it was really getting me down. So I, I, I met someone and then they said, right, you need to go and have counselling. You need to go and talk to someone. And I met this guy it was really good. It really helped me out and really made me understand why I was doing what I was doing and recognising the signs and going, right, don't do that again. Just have fun with people and you don't have to, you don't have to just, you know, <laughs> run away with them. You can just have a nice time. But in saying that, I met my wife and then we got married a year later. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. She, she's listening. She's going to ask me now. She goes, oh, is it? no, this is different. <laughs> Yeah, t- I've had counselling. I've had counselling. <laughs> it's all good. I'm a nice person now.
0: Good. I think you are. I mean, I've I've met you enough times in person to to know you're a nice person. So
1: thank you. You know, yeah. Do you know what's nice? You can leave. You know, things like you can leave your phone on the side. You can leave your phone around, and it doesn't matter if someone goes in it. Yeah. You know, things like that. Because you're not because you're not you're not up to anything. Or well, not up to anything. But you're not you're not you're not in a situation. It's a nice feeling knowing that you're not upsetting anybody and everyone, you know, you've yeah. got nice people around you that love you and you love them and everything's, everything's on the level and it's all nice. It's a wonderful feeling.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Or they don't have to contact you like only at this time or whatever, like things like that. It's yeah. Just, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just nice And that's the thing when this is the uh, people misunderstand sometimes when they, when they go, ah, oh, he cheated or she cheated, and you go, yeah, there are people that do, they do they do it and they they can't help themselves or whatever. But there's other situations where people just aren't happy and they don't know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. I know a couple of people right now that they they're having affairs, but it isn't because it's not notches on the bedpost. It's like genuinely don't know how to what to do, and it's and it's a, yeah. it's a tricky one, I think. You know, it's it's one of those ones, you're like, you know, be more honest and talk to each other. But that's not always... You can't always do that. It's really tricky, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, to, to, yeah. sit, to sit down and have a chat with someone. And, but I think you has to be more understanding when it comes to that sort of thing, rather than people just going, oh, that scumbag cheated. So, no, there obviously was a, an unhappiness there somewhere. So, wow, this is getting serious, this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's supposed to be comedy. <laughs> come on, man. We've talked about cheating. <laughs> We've talked... <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is good. This is going to (laughs) be...
2: No, No, but it's
0: it's just like, I told you it's not all comedy on this podcast, so I've I've proved it now, so we're good. We both made the (laughs) point. (laughs) Let's get back to the funnies. Uh, Yeah, looking at your career, I mean, I know I'm not traveling a lot, but I'll be out, you know, a few nights a week and stuff, and then you end up on the road quite a bit, and so I think people can perceive that job differently than it is. You know what I mean? So I... My desk job is 9 to 5 quote unquote at a desk and people understand that but then your job people might think oh it's just having fun all day but really you're you're working and there's like a yeah. different element of being away and things like that and that can i think be stressful as well what do you yeah. do outside of work that kind of sets you up to be able to go on stage and make people laugh but also like just helps keep you going when when you're in those kind of things
1: I think music, music keeps me going. Music just, it always levels me out. If I'm feeling a bit anxious, it'll always, I, I, I love music as much as I love comedy, maybe more so actually. I do a radio show on Islington Radio and I get to pick the playlist. I can play whatever I want. And I love putting those playlists together. And I'm always, there's an app Shazam on your phone that it tells you what the song is. So you'll Mm. always find me still in the corner somewhere in a restaurant or in a shop, and I've got my arm in the air, I'm shazamming the music, (laughs) and just like like Kate will go, "Where's he gone now?" She'll see see me in the corner, like I'm trying to, like I'm like I'm conducting lightning, you know, (laughs) just. But yeah, music. I love music, and that keeps me. That keeps me. I love movies as well. I watch films. I love watching. I like films more than television. I won't really. I'll watch. Mm you know, like a TV series, but after a couple, I'm like, all right, I get it. All right, I got it now. You know, I don't really, yeah. I, but with a film, you're kind of done. You're done in an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. So i tell you what I did watch uh, recently, spirited Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I'm not yeah. normally one for musicals, but what a soundtrack. Oh my days. I was coming back New Year's Eve. I was in the car on my own. I was coming back from Nottingham and, Le- and Leicester and so I was going to be on the road when the bells tolled. So I was like, right. So I've got a mate of mine and he's, he's got a gig in Leicester. So I stopped off there at their pub, I had a pint and a burger with him, happy new year. And then I'm in the car driving down the motorway and it's empty, the motorway's empty. And I'm just, yeah. at the top of my lungs, I'm singing the soundtrack to Spirited. You know, good afternoon, good afternoon. It's brilliant. I had such a good time. I think it might be the best New Year I've ever had.
0: That's great, though.
1: Well, it's funnily enough, when I got back, because I picked Kate up from a party, so I got back to Brighton at sort of two, half two, and she was at a party. And when I got there, everyone was, they were all mangled. Everyone was flying. And, you know, by the time I got there, it was coming to an end. So we came home. And then on New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Day, a friend of Kate's went. Oh, look, I fancy going to the pub. Do You want to go? So we went to the pub, and we got that, and then we got trolled, and we were up till four a.m. the next day. <laughs> so poor Kate <laughs> had two nights to deal with. <laughs> All oh, that man, stuff. that's a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a lot. Who? Are, this is a. This is like not even a fair question to ask. But like, <clears throat> maybe I'll, I'm trying to narrow it down for you already. But just as far as musical influences, is there anyone you kind of? you'll always go to maybe who, who are your go-tos? I won't say who's your favorite, but cause that could be different, but who are your go-tos? For yeah. Music?
1: So there's a, there's certain albums that I, that I remember having when I was a teenager, when things are really bad, I put them on and, and they, they calm me down. I get a sense of comfort from those. It takes me back to that time when, you know, I didn't owe money to the tax man. I wasn't an adult trying to figure out the world. I was just a young kid. Just, you know, I was worrying about training shoes rather than, you know oh, sorry, sneakers. I was worried about sneakers rather than you know, bills and stuff. And so yeah. there's an album by the the called Infected that came out in nineteen eighty six. So I've always got that on if I'm stressed. Franking Christ by the Dead Kennedys. That's that's a good one. And I've still got my I've got okay. the vinyl and it's got the poster which is um it came with a poster oh. called Penis Landscape. And it was done by H.R. Geiger. You know the guy that did Aliens?
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, it's a, it's so it's a penis. So it's like, it's like Alien, but it's a penis going into a vagina. And there's loads of... It's like a collage of this same thing. And it got banned. When it came out, it got banned. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you can't have that on the wall. People come in. Your mum's like, oh, that's an interesting collage. What's that? <laughs> that's penis landscape, mum. <laughs> there's a band. There's an, an 80s english band called level 42 that i was massive on when i was a kid in the 80s and so again when when i'm stressed i put on uh, there's an album of theirs called standing in the light and i put that on so it's all stuff from my childhood really the dance yeah. yeah all that kind of thing that's what i go to but it just depends like i'll have a night there was a night the other day i was in the car and i just i was going through all the old disco tracks and then there's you know blues stuff just depends on that's the other thing as well because we're in a car on our own quite a bit I end up spending Mm -hmm. hours just like right I'm going to put that playlist on. I'm going to or I'm going to listen to that album I've never listened to that before Jeff Buckley Grace I've never listened to it before
0: oh yeah
1: I didn't fancy it. I just don't know it's one of those albums where I didn't care but I'm like well I've never listened to it so I put it on I have been punishing myself for all these years not Mm -hmm. listening to it it's sublime isn't it
0: yeah it's beautiful
1: yeah yeah so, I'm open to anything really. But yeah, you'll always find me, you know, if I'm not listening to music, I'm finding new music. I'm always in a record shop. If I'm in your city, I'm either in TK Maxx or I'm in a vintage shop or a record <laughs> shop. Those are the three places you'll find me.
0: That you'll be. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love music too, Rich. It's great. So, do you have any advice or mantra that you kind of like to share with people? just generally, or something you follow that you want
1: to share? I think, like we said earlier, it's that, say yes. Say yes to things. Even if it scares you, just go, yeah, yeah, alright, I'll give that a go. Try stuff. You know, because yeah. that's how I ended up, I, by saying yes, I ended up travelling the world, making people laugh, because I said yes to things. So you never know where you're going to end up. You know, so, so be more, be open to stuff. There's so many people I see, they're so closed off, and they're missing out on so much like I did for example with Jeff Buckley's album Grace I didn't bother listening to that for years I just wasn't interested now it's one of the best things I've ever heard so all those years wasted you know because I didn't I, I was negative about it so that's a small mm-hmm. example but say yes say yes when yeah. someone says to you do you want to go for a walk say yes do you want to meet for coffee actually say yes and actually go you'll mm-hmm. be surprised how good you'll feel after you've done it You know, because it's easy. It's it's that thing of making plans and then not seeing them through. But Mm -hmm. if you actually see them through, you you will honestly feel like you've achieved something. And that's that's half the battle with depression is that we need to feel like we've achieved something during the day. That's why my my wife Kate's brilliant at this. She'll write a list of things, and it'll say things like drying up, do the washing, you know, make your bed. That sort of thing. Oh, that's a bit Jordan Mm -hmm. Peterson, but you know what I mean. But you know, and then tick those things off. And then your brain goes, look at that! You do what you completed today, and mm-hmm. that's it. Just, just you know, do things and say yes. I think that would be the only advice, really. And listen to good music. Put some music on. Get off your phone, because I do that as well. I Waste hours scrolling. Just, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's poison. It's all shit. <laughs> None of it's good. If anything's <laughs> any good, someone will send you a link. <laughs>
0: Yeah, let them curate it for you. Yeah, someone else will find it. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. That's that's great advice and um, something I think people, if anyone follows it, uh, let us know because we want to know what you said yes, yes to. Uh,
1: hey, do that. Right, yeah, so- get in touch and say what you said yes to. We want to. What you want to hear? Just be careful. Don't, don't you know? Obviously, don't not juggling alligators or whatever. Like you know, don't do that. <laughs>
0: So if you're in Florida, watch the advice, but everyone else is okay, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, go for a paddle in the creek. Don't do that in Florida.
0: <laughs> cool. All right. So uh, the last set of questions is called the fun five. I just ask every guest these questions. So I want to hear what, what you have. The first one, what is the oldest t-shirt that you have and still wear?
1: Ah, uh, right. So I've got... I've got one from two thousand and three, four. So even two thousand two thousand three, two thousand four. I went to CBGB's in New York before it wow. before it became a shitty New Age sh- clothes shop or whatever it is now. And mm-hmm. I bought. I, I was I was drunk and I bought a load of t-shirts from there, <laughs> and I gave them as game out as gifts. And so I've still got one. That's so that'd be nearly twenty years old now. That's you know yeah so I went to CBGB's and sat on the on the shitty toilet that didn't have any walls and just yeah it was it was exactly how I how I imagined it would be it smelled weird in one of those old music venues that when you know yeah. when I was a teenager everything smelled of uh, cigarettes patchouli oil and sweat you know yeah. and it ah oh, what a smell that's your bottle That I'd wear that
0: it's the new links.
1: Yeah, yeah, just no one to go near me. I smell like an old gig, but yeah, my my, my old T-shirt from CBGB's. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's an there's an Oasis one as well. I've got from uh, I went to see them at Finsbury Park in two thousand and two. I've still got wow. that. Yeah, so that's still kicking around. I just can't. I don't wear them, but because uh, I can't fit in them, I could wear them as a hat maybe. <laughs> Maybe I will wear it as gloves. <laughs> there's two T-shirts. <laughs> that's
0: a that's a sight. All right. Um, if yeah. every day was really Groundhog's Day, like it, people were saying, you know, when we were in lockdown, especially, oh, yeah. what would you have your alarm clock set to play every morning?
1: I think there's a song I mentioned it earlier. The, the I think I'd have as my alarm every day. It would be infected the title track from that from that album because it's really it's really powerful and it's full on straight away. And that would get you up in the morning. So yeah, infected by the. the...
0: Okay, great. Um, coffee or tea or neither?
1: I like a good cup of tea in the morning when I'm up. I like The first drink in the day I like is a nice cup of tea. I like getting up when, because Kate's been uh, working at uh, the pl- at Plunge where they make the, the costumes for the Masked Singer. So she's oh, been getting wow. up to go and do that and so I like getting up in the morning I'll get up with her and we'll have a nice cup of tea together and have a nice chat and so that's nice you know cup of tea and then when I'm out it's coffee I have, I have coffee all the time just uh yeah I just don't like feeling tired because <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old now and I'm worried that I'll just be sleeping all day so I try and keep up as and, and busy and as much as possible you know so, be, uh, yeah, yeah. it won't be long until I'm just sat in an armchair thinking of urine oh god
0: <laughs> well you'll need to get your spray then
1: yeah yeah yeah. I'm going to have to get those trees you know you get in the cars the air freshener I'll have loads of them sat around like one of the, one of the what, which one was it it was one of the victims in Saw <laughs> the guy that was on the bed strapped to the bed that wasn't dead okay. but was nearly dead <laughs> uh, isn't it funny how we just we just rot away don't we <laughs> Ah, okay. I'll be, so I'll be 51 in a couple of weeks so I reckon I've got 20 30, say 30 good years until you know I'm having to get someone to wipe me and hose me down in the garden <laughs> ah. and I end up wearing those really big sneakers you know like um, Seinfeld used to wear <laughs> those big New Balance ones because they're just comfortable aren't they Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh god
0: yeah, you don't care how
1: they look. Nah, you don't care. No one wants to fuck you anymore. You're not bothered about what you look like. You don't care. You're covered in piss. You've got big big old white trainers. They're collecting piss. Ah, something to look forward to. Uh, you've got all your dinner down your fun. front. No one cares. Oh,
0: my God. Okay. Um, I can think... Of, I can actually answer this one myself right now with, with basically what we're doing but um can you think of a time when you like laughs already cried or something that always cracks you up when you think about it
1: the last time I was hysterical like and I couldn't breathe and it's something when I tell people they, they just look at me like I'm they go right it was in the remake of the of the TV show Get Smart Alan Arkin the man is just hilarious in everything he's brilliant in everything I love him so much and he's he's the boss in in the remake mm-hmm. of Get Smart. And there's a bit where he's just walking along and he's talking to James Kahn. James Khan's the president of the United States of America. And they're walking along, and James Kahn says to, he goes, "Well, you know, the thing is, uh, they are talking about You know, they can't they can't be having um, nuclear bombs." And Alan Archer goes, yeah. nuclear, and he goes, "What?" He goes, "Nothing." And it, I just lost my mind. I'm going. He corrected him. And no one's mentioned it because everyone gets the word. Everyone's there's loads of people who say they say the word nuclear wrong. They say nuclear, Mm -hmm. and he's and so he said it, and and I, I couldn't breathe. We had to stop the DVD because I just (laughs) I'm just going. He said nuclear. He said nuclear, and then just everyone's looking at me, going, "What is wrong with you?" I mean, because everyone says it wrong, and no one corrects him, and he corrected him, and the way he did it, and he and honestly. it was it was one of the best things I've ever seen and I say it to people and they go right (laughs) (laughs) it's a funny film actually get smart never really it never really got the praise that it deserves there's some really funny bits in it and they're all Alan I mean Mm -hmm. Steve Carell hilarious you know Steve Carell's excellent but Alan Arkin is for me he's Little Miss Sunshine as Grandad and Mm -hmm. Justin the man's brilliant I'll be really sad when he goes.
0: Oh, for sure. Did you see yeah. Kaminsky Method? Did you guys watch that with Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin? No. It's on Netflix. It's the Kaminsky Method. You guys got to watch that because it'll go pretty quickly. I think it's just two, maybe three seasons, and it's okay. brilliant. So they're like they play best friends, Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin, and you'll oh, you'll, you'll love, it. love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. that's something to. I'll have a, I'll have a go of that. Excellent. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Alan Arkin. What a man!
0: yeah totally all right cool and the last one who inspires you right now
1: oh this is gonna be really cheesy this is gonna be so cheesy but i think my sons they're just top lads and i they're adults now they're 25 and 30 yeah. i want them to be proud of me you know mm-hmm. because what happens when you i said this on um rob beckett's podcast <laughs> i was talking about being a parent and um I said, what happens now? What do they tell you? Like, when you? When your kids grow up, you get an appraisal. <laughs> they, they, they tell you what you were like as a parent. Because <laughs> like, I felt bad. I was always like, oh, I could have done this. I could have been better at this. And they're like, no, Dad, you're fine. Don't worry. So I want them to be proud of me. I want them to be... When when I'm not here anymore, I want them to be able to say, my dad was a good man. He did his best. Mm. You know, I think that's... They inspire me. Uh, my wife inspires me. I want to be. I want to be a good husband I want to be a you know I want her to go out into the world and go yeah he's a, he's, he's fucking great I want other people to to be sickened by how great I am as a husband <laughs> I want to be that guy it's making the rest of us look bad I'm like yes I am yes I am you know <laughs> yeah I think I'm inspired I'm inspired by anyone that's doing stuff you know anyone that's mm-hmm. cuz there's so it's so easy to sit back and just let let everything kind of engulf you and go oh everything's turned to shit everything's really hard what's the point i really get inspired by people that like this doing this podcast now i'm not just saying this because i'm sat with you having done this with you this will now fire me up and tomorrow i'll have a i'll have a brilliantly productive day because i've done something today that was productive like this yeah and i think anyone that's doing stuff in the face of th- what we're having to put up with at the minute with you know all of our, our governments are terrible. Mm. They're, they're running this planet. They're just destroying this planet. And, it's, and we're all, we all feel powerless. It'd be mm-hmm. easy just to let it all like, get the better of us, but we don't. We're doing things like podcasts and we're writing books and we're going to gigs to entertain people. So I think I'm inspired by that. I think that inspires me. People inspire me yeah. and they make me want to do better. Because if it was up to me, if I really let it get the better of me, I wouldn't have even got dressed today. You know what I mean? It's that
0: mm. yeah. sort of
1: thing. You know, I would imagine I'm, only, I'm naked from the waist down. So, you know, the, imagine. <laughs> that's how I do all my podcasts. Just... <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Why not? You know, be comfortable. I'm,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting on a commode as well. So I don't have to go to the toilet. I just.
0: <laughs> I mean, you have to practice for 30 years from now. You know, it's good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I can't
1: imagine yeah. you can. It must be hard that first time you have to do it in a commode. That can't be easy. I've never done it in a commode. It can't be that you, you get stage fright. It's or you know, your, your body, because your, your brain will be going, you're sat in the lounge. Why are you trying to, why are you going to the toilet? You're sat in the lounge. And you have to explain to your brain, no, 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 the toilet's here. It's it's portable. We're sat on it. You know, because your brain's used to you being in the bathroom.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, I hadn't thought about that before. There's so much to deal with.
0: You're welcome. Um, okay, so, thank you. So, uh, just then, um, where do you want people to find you if they are listening to this and they want to they want to find Rich Wilson? Where do they find you online?
1: So I'm on I'm on Twitter. I don't use it very often. Every now and again, inspiration will hit me and I'll tweet some shite. Uh, but I'm mostly <laughs> I'm mostly promoting uh, "Insane in the Membrane," uh, which is available on all podcast platforms. I'm on Instagram, I do like Instagram actually. I'm on there mm-hmm. quite a bit. So I am Rich Wilson on Instagram. I am Rich Wilson on Twitter. I'm on TikTok, but I haven't really done anything with it yet. We've, Kate and I have got some ideas we're going to start doing. So I'm on there. So you'll find me. I've got cool. a website as well, Rich Wilson Comedian.
0: Cool. All right, Rich, I, this has been great. Thank you so much for being on Thank More Than Work. Thank you for
1: having me. Thank you very much. It's really nice. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. You can learn more about the guest and what was talked about in the show notes. Joe Mafia created the music you're listening to. You can find him on Spotify at Joe, M-A-F-F-I-A. Rob Metke does all the design, for which I am so grateful. You can find him online by searching Rob, M-E-T-K-E. Please leave a review if you like the show and get in touch if you have feedback or guest ideas. The pod is on all the social channels at, at more Than Work pod or at Robbie a Comedy on TikTok. And the website is morethanworkpod.com. While being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself.